I'm Ted Baker. This is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 55, with the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond, coming off a snowy, chilly win at Colgate and looking ahead to a whole big stretch of games, including Cornell on Tuesday. Coach, welcome back. Thanks, Ted. All right, 10-8 to 8 on Saturday. Before we talk about the game, let's talk about the fact that it was played. 15 degrees, we had plows and Zambonis on the field. There must have been some discussion at some point about whether to play this, whether they would come to the Pool Family Dome. Uh, take us through the discussions that took place before the game. Well, Ted, I think there was there was so much... Um, I want to you know, put it in the most polite way possible. There was so much turnover, we'll say, from last year and the cancellation of that game and why it got canceled and um, who this, that, finger-pointing, yada, yada. So that, that situation last year wasn't all the way healthy. It was just uh, in the same it, it, in the same light. It was like it was if this game's going to have jeopardy of being played, why can't we play it in the Tom Poole family sports dome? And um, they just didn't want anything to do with it. Colgate didn't want to travel to Hobart, uh, didn't want to give up a home game. And this is last year. And um, and then we got to a scenario where, um, you know, we talked throughout the week. And, and, and then when we got to the game on Friday, as we anticipated, it was negative four degrees and um, their field was covered in snow. They got a ton of snow the, the night before. But, um, uh, you know, moving forward, I think going into this year, uh, in order to get this game, and it's it's a rivalry that I think our guys really like, and, and they they get very motivated for, um, and it's one we we're, we're we're fighting to keep on the schedule because of its convenience and um, playing another great Patriot League team and a team that continues to figure it out at the end of a season and go to a Patriot League tournament and and yada yada yada. So it's a pretty good game to keep on the schedule for a lot of different reasons, and so and the same thing came up this year. It was. You know, um, Saturday doesn't look great. Looks like we're getting weather, and, and we communicated a little bit in the beginning of the week. And then, um, I mean, we had everybody calling us. Uh, every other upstate team besides us wanted to play in our dome because of the weather and the temps and all this stuff. But I think they really wanted a home game, and he really wanted a home game. And, and uh, so they didn't say much. And we got there. field was covered in snow. And uh, they were plowing it. Everybody was working like crazy. Um, we're using orange walls. We didn't have any idea. So there, were, there was no communication, Ted, throughout the whole week. We just figured because of what happened a year ago, they were going to play this game on that field come hell or high water. And so, you know, unfortunately, we put our guys in a little bit of an unsafe environment because of some stubbornness and, and this and that. But um, we got an okay game in, and uh, you know I think we brought the game of lacrosse back about a hundred years. But um, <laughs> you know it was uh, it was what it was. Our guys fought through it, and and fortunate that we came out with a win there. So overall thoughts on the win? It's one of these games. There's some things to like, some things not to like, and still some things to fix. Yeah, you know, as game three, you know, I think the the the, the things to like are that our guys were energetic, emotional. They were uh, our sideline was fantastic. You know, the I think they they saw the conditions, didn't allow them to be a distraction and and fought through, you know, a field where you couldn't change direction. It was tough to move the ball and um, tough to play at a fast clip, which, 
you know, that we like to do. And so, you know, I think uh, all signs point to yes for Colgate. You know, let's bring Hobart into an environment where we believe they're uncomfortable and we have an advantage. And I think we took the advantage. We were more emotional. We made it more of an environment that was fitted for us. And, um, you know, defense stepped up a little bit. I'm not sure they really attacked us great, but um, defense did a pretty good job playing. But then we have the third quarter woes again, man, you know, and, and I, I, you know, Ted, I'd be lying to you if I said we haven't talked about it at length from Canisius to Lehigh to this game and said, okay, well, here's, here's what's happening. Take a look. And um, these are the ways that we prevent these things. These are, or these are the ways we attack a scenario from happening or, or being more in our favor than making this crazy up and down turnover scenario, not looking like us for eight minutes happen and and that that's happened three games in a row and so we're um we're we're very conscious of it it happened again and you could blame the conditions or this and that but that's not the case we we've just we have some some glitch that we're trying to fight and figure out here um that happens uh about four minutes after we come out of a half and so or maybe even less than that so um that's the biggest thing that we want to fix and um but around that I think Ted, a lot, a lot, a lot has to be said for our guys battling and, and being tough and and um, you know fighting out a win in a tough spot. And I'm not going to dwell on the glass half empty, but the the biggest inconsistency is the offense. It looks so great, and then it just goes absolutely flat. Uh, do do you see a difference in attitude or approach, or is there something you see that goes that that makes you say this is why this is happening? Just decision making, Ted. Honestly, you know, and and Saturday's case in point because you you should have seen that halftime locker room. Our guys were so dialed in, so focused. They were all game long, and we approached we approached it immediately. We came in, we made a couple adjustments defensively. Talked about some things we wanted to do on ball. Talked about some things we wanted to do behind the goal. We made adjustments offensively. Talked about the different ways we wanted to exchange the ball to the backside and because of the weather and this and that. And and so we put our guys in a couple different spots and and got them prepared. And they were they were vocal about making this change. So they're focused on it. But then you know decision making starts to impact those adjustments and uh, the like you said the flow of the offense and then we're playing a ton of defense because they're taking their first shot instead of the best and they are looking like they want to get theirs a little bit and that's not who we are our guys and and I mean that in a compliment our guys are not selfish we don't play selfish people but sometimes the decisions look as such um maybe it's to combat that um I'm going to make a play to to make sure we're playing well, or I'm going to do this to make sure we're playing well. And and um, so I don't have the exact answer other than we got to do a better job, Ted, of just doing our job. That's it. Do your job. That's what we've been saying since that since that halftime after Lehigh was. If we're going to play consistent lacrosse like we want, each individual is going to do their job better. And and it's not a complicated job. We choose not to make it complicated. You know, our pass count's got to be high offensively. We've got to put the ball in an ear. We have to be fundamentally sound. You know, the first turnover we have in the second half, we get pressured to the sideline by one of our attackmen, and we catch the ball across our face with our stick to the inside from another attackman. 
It's just fundamental error. It's just a lack of discipline. So, you know, as we talk about the right over the easy and our core value of being disciplined, that's where we need it most. We need our guys in that moment offensively to do their job, uh, do their job better. I know it's always about next man up, but uh, it was sure nice to have anything to tell us back. Uh, he's a difference maker. Yeah, he really is, man. He's a very good player. You know, I think the um, what, what what you get in effort from him is outstanding, and what you get from IQ in him is outstanding. He's capable of making plays himself, but he just he, his head's always up, his chin's up, his vision's out there. You know, he's just you know, and we got to comment on on Will Delano too because Will's been playing great lacrosse for us and did yeah. a great job with Anthony out and will continue to play great lacrosse for us. He's great. But, you know, I think what Anthony gives you is experience and running an offense and being a quarterback of it and controlling some pace a little bit. And he also, you know, has taken Colgate's best defenseman to the rack and putting the ball in the net, you know, so that's, uh, that's not, I mean, it's something we do coach and teach, but that's in the head and the heart there. So he's, uh, he's a guy we love having on the field, man. He makes us go a bit. Let's talk about the latest addition to your offensive uh, powerhouse, and that's Mark Sonat. <laughs> he comes down the middle, fakes that pass to the left, absolutely fakes the defense out and drills it, and then the second goal, it's a clear situation. He runs across, and they're they're convinced he's going to dish, so nobody comes to him. He goes to the goal and makes it number two. Yeah, Mark 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 had a couple big plays at some at some big times. You know, good momentum. One was a huge momentum goal, uh, puts us up five, and the other stops their run. You know, that puts us up three. So, um, you know, a great play by, you know, our, our fearless leader, guy Mark, is so vocal and so connected to what we do daily. And, um, you know, a fifth-year guy that um, made the choice to come back here, Ted, and, and forego some some other grad school options and this and that. And, and I mean, he's a brilliant student and an awesome community member. So um, we're just, uh, you know, lucky to have him out there and appreciate those two plays. Mark's always had a great stick and a good nose for the goal, man. If you remember, even back to his sophomore year, you know, one of the first plays he makes in that COVID season is an end-to-end -end goal against LIU. He has another one against Mount St. Mary's. He's just, uh, so he does have some ability to score the ball and, and make some decent decisions in transition. Let's talk about defense starting in goal. Lucas Sotteropoulos has been your starter. He made all the saves he needed to make on Saturday, made a few that he had no business making, and just did a terrific job. Yeah, he did. And, um, you know, I think uh, we're, we're we're growing in, in confidence that we already had in him. You know, I think uh, one of the reasons he's doing so well is I think the – the way that his counterpart or, or that senior leader, Kevin, has handled this decision. Kevin Holtby's done a phenomenal job being a great teammate for Lucas. And and um, as much as they compete, Kevin knows what we need on game day and, and throughout a week of practice to support that a starting goaltender needs, and he's getting it. So um, we're, we're very pleased with what Lucas is doing. And, um, you know, he's uh, – He's a guy that I think can rise to a competitive challenge and is going to need to here Tuesday night. You know, when you play a, a high fire, high fire program like uh, like Cornell, uh, your your goalie's got to play well. You know, that's as simple as we can put it. You know, he doesn't have to play great; just got to play well. And so, you know, I think Cap uh, Lucas has shown that he's capable of doing that. Have you talked to him about wandering? I talked to him about throwing these 
lollipop passes in our clear and, and making sure that he remembers he's he's a goalie. He stays in between the pipes. You know, he is a pretty athletic goalie for sure. But, uh, you know, I think if he, he tightens up a couple decision-making elements in our clear and reverses the ball a little bit, he's going to become complete. I thought their half-field offense didn't look very good, but you've got to get a lot of the credit for that for your defense. I One of the things I look for on defense is what I call the frustration shot, where they're working the clock, working the clock, and finally somebody just throws one at the net out of complete frustration. I mean, turn around 25 yarders from out on the wing. You forced a lot of those on Saturday. Yeah. You know, the, the kid they have, Minicus, number 12, is a good player. Um, we have a lot of respect for him. And, uh, you know, I think um, – Michael Christensen on anybody is a pretty frustrating day for people. You know, I think Mike does a pretty good job learning his opponent and, and playing that person well. So we felt like if we gave him a challenging day uh, with how we played picks with him and and switched up the switched up that whole versatility and and um, kept Mike on him as often as possible. You know, they tried to bring him out of the box a little bit to give him a different matchup and get them going, but. Um, I think Ted, you're you're kind of right. It, it, we didn't feel a lot of flow from them offensively, and I think they were attempting to keep the ball away from our offense. To be honest, and you know, having some long, uh, dra- uh, um, dragged out possessions where you know they had the ball in their end for a couple minutes, and it started to work a little bit towards the end. You know, we never really felt like we were out of control in that game. We just we knew we could defend them well. And so I think uh, the, the pace that they wanted to play was in a slow offensive production and get some defensive personnel on the field and yada, yada, yada. So, um, but, uh, you know, I think you switch gears completely to a Tuesday night, but also, Ted, it, it, that condition resulted in slow play anyway. So I'm not sure why you wanted to, or why you'd want to slow down an already very slow game where he couldn't see the ball and he couldn't stop and go and yada, yada. So a good day defensively from the inside out, you know, still a lot to tune up. And um, we're certainly going to have a great test here Tuesday night. We all held our breath. Adam Shea uh, comes off limping on the other leg. Has he got any good legs left? I don't know, man. He's, uh, he's, he's fight he's fighting hard and um, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but uh, he's, um, He's a warrior, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what he's capable of Tuesday night. Through all that, he won the battle. He was never ahead until the very last. And being the big stat geek that I am, I went and ran the numbers from last year because he had a five fifty six win percentage, which is pretty good. But I said, look at who he faced. The average win percentage of the guys he faced outside of their Hobart games was fifty seven percent last year. He was going up against the best in the country and either yeah. holding his own or winning. And I mean he's now he's doing it on bad wheels. The guy, I mean, that's that, that's an example you can hold up to the rest of your team about somebody doing the work. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think that that's why we have so much confidence in him. You know, look at the the kid number nine for Colgate. He's the captain for him and is is a great faceoff guy, a unique faceoff guy, very athletic. You know, he is um, a quick rate guy that uh, um, you know gives you gives you looks that you don't really see often. So, um, and then you got Sisselberger, you got Zach Cole on the schedule. You got you know Cornell's got three guys that they love and and a freshman that's great and and uh, a returning fifth year senior and yada yada yada. So it, it never ends. You know, I think uh, um, oh, the the big thing for Shea right now it's not whether or not 
um, he's capable of winning at the X is, you know, let's, let's make sure his body's healthy and, and we're putting him in the best position to be successful. And we just, we got to continue to get Seamus ready. You know, he's, he's, he's got to be in a position where he can go out and spell Adam right now and, and, and compete and do the right things, um, when you have the ball, when you don't have the ball and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, so uh, we're 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 proud of Shay. We we're not surprised by him being uh, successful. He he works too hard and studies this stuff too much to not be. Special teams, the man up unit was great again. You got the two quick ones on the unreleasable penalty when you really needed them, and you made one change in the man down unit, bringing Michael Christensen in to kind of anchor that unit in the middle, and that paid off. Yeah, and we we changed the formation of how we played as well. Coach Fish made a great switch last week and and uh, made it as simple as possible. We also put um, uh, Kyle Driscoll out there, so just two senior veteran leaders that um, that understand the process. Two guys we, you know, the the original thought process, Ted, is to just is is to give those guys a little bit of rest in a moment where they you know may not have it throughout the course of a game and play a couple other guys from a specialty standpoint and get more people playing time. That's that's what we like to do. But we felt like at this point. We needed some senior veteran presence, and and Driscoll and, and Michael Christensen certainly gave us that. So here's Cornell on Tuesday. First thing, I know you're sick of being a travel agent here, but uh, do we know facility for sure yet? We're, for, we're pushing for the bods, 100%. You know, okay. we're, we're supposed to get a little bit of snow here tonight, Ted, um, uh, from you know this afternoon to tomorrow afternoon, but maybe it's saying like one to three inches. I don't know if that sticks or what the turf looks like. So worst-case scenario – in a last-minute decision, we would be in the dome. But we're, we're kind of going Boz, hell or high water right now. Everybody knows what this rivalry means, oldest one in the game. And, and I've always said over the years that Cornell's one of those teams that punishes mistakes. You, you've got to – you make that turnover in the midfield and they're going to bury it. So you, you just – you really have to be on your game mentally and be mistake-free. Yeah, where, you know – where we've always faulted Ted with this group is, um, you know, letting them. You know, they're they're great when they gain momentum. You know, they're a great team regardless. Uh, we we have a ton of respect for um, the 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 cursed kid number fifteen. I think he's one of the best in the country. And uh, number seventy seven, their defenseman. I think he's one of the best in the country. So, um, and they're and they're great in the goal. And and all things in between, they they buy into a system. You know, we have respect for how hard they play. That's you know, you want to um, look at Cornell and say this or that or Ivy League or, you know, whatever opinion you have, you watch them play and they play hard. They're not they're not given anything. They earn everything that they get. And so that's 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 how they have our full respect. And where we faulted is, like you said, in between the lines there, you know, last year we go into a half up to uh, and we come out in the third quarter uh, turn the ball over two or three times in a row, much like we've been talking about here. The um, the the coach Raymond third quarter blues, you know, which we we've we're, we're going to figure out here on Tuesday night. Um, gives them momentum, gives them a couple goals in a row. Row they play free, they play easier, yada yada yada. But good thing is, I mean, this house money here, Ted. You know, there 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 ain't anybody in this country that thinks we can win this game but us. And so, you know, I think um, that that that's what we live for. We live for that underdog feel. We live for that uh, we're not supposed to or here's the way it's going to go. Here's, here's what, you know, what somebody else thinks is going to happen. And, and 
and we settle right into that. So um, all the pressure is on them. And, um, you know, I think they've they've shown the ability to live up to that pressure a bit, but we just can't wait. We can't wait to host this team. We can't wait to play hard against them and, and you know, right some of the wrongs that we've had with this group in the past. From a scouting standpoint, is it helpful that they've just played Lehigh so you can compare them against Lehigh and a, a team that you know? Oh, yeah, very. And, um, you know, Lehigh ultimately – yeah, I'm not sure they they could have played much worse, man. You know, I I think uh, kind of like we did against Lehigh in terms of handing them the game. They did a lot of that for Cornell, and um, they just made a bunch of mistakes. Had a couple of guys playing that hadn't played yet this season, and um, made a couple you know key stick work errors and and um, just some offside stuff, yada yada yada. And they're hitting pipes like crazy, not really catching it on opportunities. So um, again. At Cornell at Shokoff Field, it seems like everything kind of goes their way. But if you watch the 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 week to week, a team that we know really well now, Lehigh versus a team we know really well, Cornell. Yes, it gives you a great idea of uh, the ways that they really want to attack and how they do things more so defensively uh, against uh, an opponent that um, you know how they operate offensively. So yeah, it gives us some great info. But no matter who they play, we'd get that. You know, we're we're uh, we're just in the mindset now where. With all the preparation in, on a two-day period, um, you know it's kind of us versus them, and and you got to fall back on what you know. One last thing, and I hope this is a trend that will continue. We talked about the face-offs last week, and I thought that crew Saturday did a nice job of getting the guys in position and blowing the whistle quick, so we don't have them all tensed up five or six seconds, and then everybody's jumping. Yeah, and like we talked last week, that it's hopefully it's not different tomorrow night. I mean, who knows? That's the that's the challenge. So. Even even in that scenario that you just broke down, the whistle's faster. It wasn't a week ago, so that's different for our guys, and it takes them a while to adjust to that. You know, good thing that Shea and these guys are, you know, veteran in that sense. But I, I guarantee Tuesday night it'll be different. Different three guys, different philosophies, uh, different points of emphasis, how they view it, how they're gonna how they're gonna look at the faceoff. So. It's going to be an ongoing soap opera, man. Actually, one more last thing, and that is uh, I know you have some guys banged up. Uh, can we expect anybody back that we haven't seen for injury in a couple of weeks? Uh, we're pretty much going to have the same roster that we had on Saturday. And, um, you know, hopeful that, you know, so, so a couple guys are game time decisions, a couple defensemen in particular. But um, you know, the good thing is that I think the guys that are were still a little bit banged up got some great time on Saturday, you know, the, the John Judes of the world and the Hurley's of the right. world. And, and it, it, so that they're, they're just, they're more accustomed to playing a fast paced game. I think, you know, having, having a little bit more depth there prepared for Tuesday night's a good thing. All right. And then the forecast for driving out to Pittsburgh on Fridays, <laughs> I saw like five to eight inches of snow in Erie. So that's going to be another fun one. We'll worry about that down the line. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you go to get your podcasts. And of course, you can get all your athletics information at hwsathletics.com. Uh, Coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond, best of luck uh, indoors or outdoors Tuesday as we get through uh, this big stretch here. Appreciate it, Ted. Thanks, man.